Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. <clears throat> Today's episode is a little different, uh, and it's really special because it's the story of my home birth of bringing Weston James into this world on October 12th, 2021, almost through almost exactly three months to the day. And I've actually already recorded this episode once before this, probably oh, maybe a month and a half, two months ago. But I just felt like I hadn't given myself enough distance from the experience and from the process. And I wanted to retell it and reshare it with a different energy and a different vibe so you could really understand how incredible and how powerful and beautiful and perfect this experience was. So if you're tuning in, I'm just going to kind of start from the beginning, share my story and try to share tips um, and suggestions as I go along. Um, in case maybe you're thinking about doing an unmedicated home birth and you want some suggestions or tips um, or want to make sure it's the right choice for you. So I'll start from the very beginning of finding a midwife uh, because I know actually when I asked in my Instagram community a few months ago uh, if there were any questions, I know a few people had asked if I could share some suggestions on finding good support. Um, and that really starts with your midwife. So we were very lucky. We actually, we found one midwife through a practice because we, we were thinking we wanted to have, um, the baby at a birth center rather than at home. I think I've always known I wanted to do a home birth, but I think Ben was a little nervous. And so he thought like he felt better being in a birth center. So a birth center is like kind of like the, the perfect in between you're in like a really comfortable space. It's not a hospital, but there's still like sort of like medical staff, quote unquote, there, um, and you're not in your house, um, but you're not in the hospital, you know, so there's a totally different vibe. For me, I, there was no way I was going to be able to have Weston at the hospital unless unless I had to. Of course, we knew if something was to happen, we would do that and we would make it work, um, but I knew if I had my choice, that's the last place that I wanted to be. Um, I'm like, I like to explain it to people as I literally can't go to a restaurant and eat dinner in like a location that doesn't like, I don't like the vibe. I'll ask to move to a different spot. So like, how can I think that I was going to have my baby somewhere that I didn't like the vibe? I know I'm crazy, whatever. So, um, we were going to initially do it at a birth center and in doing that, Vermont doesn't actually allow freestanding birth centers. So that would be one thing I'd recommend checking if you are thinking about going that route is making sure that your state even legally allows them. So if you, if there's any place to give birth in Vermont, it has to be in a hospital. There can't be like 
the Thiefel's birthing center where like women just go for their prenatal stuff and to give birth. However, there is one right on the border of Vermont and New Hampshire. And New Hampshire is the state right next to us. It's literally just over the border. Still about an hour, hour and a half away from where we live. Um, but it seems like worth checking out. So we went and we checked out the birth center and we really liked the birth center. Um, thought it was really beautiful. Connected up with the midwife there. Um, and then had the initial session and actually found out that we were significantly less far along than we thought we were. I thought we were like maybe seven weeks along and we were actually like four weeks. Like I had literally my levels of, I think it's HCG, had just risen high enough to be detected on a pregnancy test. And I had only taken a test. We were actively trying, um, but I only took the test because I take a lot of supplements and I just had this sense. It was a Friday afternoon or Friday morning. And I just had this sense, like, I don't know if I should take these. Like, I I feel like I should just take a test just to make sure. Um, Because a lot of the work that I do is anti-parasitic and you don't want to be doing any of that detox work when you're pregnant. It's not healthy for the baby. Um, It could be potentially dangerous for the baby. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just go and just get a pregnancy test and, and see if I'm pregnant. And sure enough, I took the pregnancy test and we were pregnant and it was extremely exciting. Um, But so we found out we were pregnant and then like immediately sort of started going into planning mode because that is what we do. And so we found this birth center, went, checked it out, liked it. Um, But in our second meeting with the midwife, we weren't, we just wasn't a good experience Um, because our first appointment, the reason I went on that tangent was our first appointment, they did... Um, she did two ultrasounds, which we didn't do another ultrasound after this, except for at 20 weeks. And I'll explain that. Um, but our first ultrasound was that, not in that appointment. And really the idea of that is like to find out like how far along you are, make sure things look okay. I didn't know anything about the dangers of ultrasounds at this point. So, um, she tried doing, um, an abdominal ultrasound and that wasn't like nothing was coming. She wasn't able to really see anything, but I was having all the symptoms of pregnancy. So then she did a vaginal ultrasound and she did in fact see, we saw on the screen, but it was literally like it's four weeks pregnant. Like the bit, the egg was like still in the embryo or whatever it is. It was like still in the little egg sack thing. Um, and she was like, you're very early on. And like, I don't know, she kept making mention of like, let me know if there's any bleeding. Let me know if anything's wrong. You know, like, you know, essentially, essentially just um, insinuating, like, like saying, like, if you have a miscarriage, let me know. And I know that they have to do that there. You know, it's important for her to give us everything to look at and to be aware of the signs of miscarriage, but it just felt like a little like intense. Like I feel like she was pushing a little too hard on those points, which made me feel a little uneasy because I was already super scared about having a miscarriage just because I do know it's really popular or popular is not the right word. Um, I do know that it's really common. Anyway, kind of didn't have a great vibe. Then had our second appointment with her. Don't mind the noises. I have Weston on my lap right now. (laughs) He has a pacifier and so... Hopefully he doesn't make too many noises, but he does like to yell. Um, He just got up from a nap and I'm in the middle of recording this and Ben is at the grocery store. So we're going to do it with Weston here. Um, So we didn't really have a great um, experience either at the second second appointment with her. She sort of like, 
I don't know, she like thought that something was wrong because we thought we were further along and what she was seeing on the screen didn't match that. But really the issue was just, we thought we were further along than we were. But she was like, I don't know, there might be, it was so weird. Like, anyway, it what didn't wasn't good. I was crying. It was a, not a great session. And so we, we left that appointment thinking like, okay, we need to find new midwives. So in terms of looking for midwives, something I would say is like, if you at all don't feel comfortable or you feel like they're pushing on something that doesn't make you feel good, that's a red flag. Because these are going to be the people that are there like holding your hand while you do one of the hardest things you'll probably ever do in your life, having a baby without any medication in your own home or in a birth center. So definitely don't be afraid to walk away and find someone new. So we decided, my God. I could cut this out, but I'm going to leave it in. Did you guys just hear him? He's a very loud pooper and he just ripped one. I don't know if you could hear that. Okay, let me get focused again. So we decided to find someone new and this is when we found full spectrum midwifery. Um, so I live in Hinesburg, Vermont. They're in Burlington, Vermont, like 20 minutes away. And it's actually amazing um, having gone through pregnancy and like interviewed doulas and seen various people so many people, almost everyone I've spoken to in the pregnancy birthing community in Vermont or in at least like our county knows who they are. They've worked with them. They've delivered their, like literally they've, they delivered our pediatrician's baby. They delivered our doula's baby. Our doula has worked with them personally, like <laughs> very funny. So we met with them and we loved them. It's two midwives and then they have a couple assistants. And so at your birth, you'll have one or the other, and then you'll have at least one of the assistants. And so we met back and forth with the different midwives. Um, so like one session, we would see April. The next session, we would see Peggy. April is actually who ended up delivering Weston. And that's another thing to keep in mind is what's their basically plan to make sure they're available to you when you go into labor. Because as you know, probably, you can go into labor at any time essentially after a certain point. Uh, it's incredibly unpredictable, which is one of the things that's so hard about birth, I thought, was that it was just like this whole big thing and I had no idea when it was actually going to happen. Like your due date is not really a very good estimate of it. So um, so we found the midwives and that was a really key part of having such a really, um, a really beautiful home birth because they really – they really slipped into the energy and were a part of the space in a way that was really non-intrusive, but so supportive and um, just we enjoyed them being there and felt like very safe in their hands. So that was finding a midwife. I, we also found a doula. Um, and the difference, if you don't know, a midwife actually delivers the baby. They're like the physician, if you will. They're trained like the same way as a nurse or doctor in the hospital that delivers your baby. Same training. A doula is for you. So as uh, our doula had explained it, like the midwife is there to make sure you're safe, but also really for the baby. And I'm just there for you. So they're there to make sure like if Ben needed something, she could get it for him. So he didn't have to leave my side. Or if I needed something or if I need something cooked, if we needed laundry done, anything. And there's birthing doulas, and then they have postnatal doulas. And a lot of doulas do both. So postnatal would mean that they could come, some even do overnights. They could come sleep over and just like make sure the baby's taken care of while you sleep. Or they could come for three hours and do your laundry and cook for you while you rest or you take a shower or whatever. So we interviewed a couple different doulas 
and ended up finding one who we loved, Mary. And um, I was really excited to have someone there because I felt like this was our first birth. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know what I would feel like. Ben didn't know what he was doing. And we just thought it would be nice to have that extra support person who has not only had three of her own children, but has, you know, supported multiple, like, you know, probably 50 plus. I don't know how many she's done, but a lot <laughs> of births. So that was our thought process on getting the doula in addition to the midwife. So if you're looking to have a home birth, I would recommend that. I'll tell you right now, we never even even ended up calling our doula. <laughs> um, I wanted there to be as few people around as possible. Like right from the start of labor, I had this sense of like, I want it to be dark. I want it to be quiet. And I want there to be, I don't want to be around a lot of people. Um, not that one more person would have been a lot, but it just felt like more than what I needed at that moment. So I, Weston was due on October 4th and October 4th came and went and he was not here. I ended up having him 40 plus one. So I was 40, 41 weeks and then a day. So it was, uh, yeah, he was born on a Wednesday. No. Yeah. He was born on Tuesday. Right. Cause I was 41 weeks on Monday. So I was 41 weeks. I actually ended up getting a, um, uh, what's it called? Membrane sweep. Cause I was now at this point a week, week past my due date at 42 weeks. It is not required, but it is highly recommended that you go to the hospital and get, um, your amniotic fluid tests tested. Um, and there was one other thing that they encourage you testing just because at that point you want to make sure the baby is still safe inside of you. Babies can go, I've read till you in 43 weeks, um, safely and be delivered at home safely. And a lot of women allow that and are fine with that. And our midwives probably would have allowed it too, but they're like required by law, I guess, to tell the hospital if I've gone overdue over my due date. And also, um, to, you know, basically tell us that this is our option and that they recommend it. Even if you've had a totally healthy pregnancy, which I did, but I said in the beginning that we didn't have any other ultrasounds except for one at 20 weeks. And that was because we had been given and um, spoken with some health practitioners that we work with about ultrasounds. And we've been given some research and we did not feel good about how safe that is for the baby in utero. A lot of what we read is that it's not safe. It really should only be used for like not emergency, but like medical purposes. If something is wrong, then yes, it's important and it's really valuable technology, but to do it sort of the way Western medicine does it, um, in that, you know, you get an ultrasound multiple times throughout your pregnancy from what we've read, it's just not necessary. And in fact, can be more harmful than good. So we opted not to have any ultrasounds and just like trust the body, trust the process trust any signs that were coming up. And one thing that did happen was at 20 weeks, right around when the placenta is attaching, um, I had really bright red bleeding. And a little bit of bleeding during pregnancy is normal, but it should be darker and it shouldn't be a lot. And it was like a big splotch of bright red blood. And so after a lot of sort of debate between Ben and I and speaking with my midwives about what it might be, we decided to get an ultrasound just in case. Because at that point in the pregnancy, when your placenta is attaching, there is a chance it won't attach. And that would be not good. And it's very unlikely for someone, like I didn't have any of the markers for um, 
I forget like the terminology, but I, I, there were no risk factors. That's it. I didn't have any of the risk factors for that happening. That's like, for example, more common when you've had multiple children because apparently your placenta atta- has to attach at a different place on the uterus every time. And so when you've had multiple children, it like runs out of places to attach essentially. That was not the case. This is my first child. And I didn't have any of the other risk factors. But we just wanted to make sure. We didn't want there to be any surprises because we were having a home birth. And we wanted to know right away if something was wrong. So we did have an ultrasound. He was perfectly healthy, perfectly fine, moving around, nice and big. But that was the only ultrasound we had. And so when it came to that like 41 week mark, we didn't want to have to go to the hospital and do this testing. We wanted to avoid that at all costs. So we decided with our midwife to do a uh, membrane sweep. So at my 41 week appointment, um, we did a membrane sweep and that's honestly, I can't even describe to you really what it is because they don't really know like the medical terminology, but it can induce, it can be used to induce pregnancy more naturally rather than like Pitocin or some of the stuff they might do at the hospital. So she did a membrane sweep and you can only do it if you're at least a centimeter dilated. And I was like just barely a centimeter dilated at that point, but she was able to do it. And then I also decided to drink the midwife's brew, which is really essentially a smoothie. Um, And that also helps induce labor. So that is, you blend together in certain amounts, lemon verbena, almond butter. um, Oh, what's it called? Castor oil and... I think there was one other thing, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, and um, apricot juice. And then you put a little, you blend it, and then you put a little bit of, like, you could put champagne. I did not. Um, or, like, seltzer water, essentially, to, like, thin it out. And you drink that. And that's also supposed to help induce labor. So at 41 weeks, I got the membrane sweep. And then she said, why don't you, if you are up to it, gather the items for the midwife's brew and go home and drink that. And that should help, like, really move things along since we did the membrane sweep as well. So that I did that that day. Nothing was really happening. I wasn't feeling anything. That night when we got into bed, probably around 10 or 10.30, I started having contractions. And I'd had them once before, so I knew what they felt like. So I immediately started tracking. Or no, I didn't start tracking. That's right. I decided to just wait. And I was like, I'm just going to breathe through these. I wanted to use it as a chance to practice my breathing for birth. But after probably like two hours, I was like, okay, these aren't going away. I probably should start tracking. So I started tracking them and Ben woke up at some point, but I was like, and asked if we should call the midwives, but I didn't want to be that person who called the midwives like way too early. And then like nothing was actually happening. I wanted to really wait it out until it seemed like I was making progress. So I was like, no, 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 I'm just going to relax. Like I like the room is nice and dark. This is perfect. So we hung out in bed. Ben kind of went back to sleep. I was just breathing through contractions and at like, I want to say at like 1 or one thirty in the morning, uh, I think my water broke or like essentially started like trickling. Um, what I learned was like water rarely actually like breaks like a gush of water. It's more like you might just notice your underwear is really wet. And my midwife had said to me a few days earlier, you'll, you'll know if your underwear are wet enough that you have to change them. And I did. It was like probably one thirty in the morning. And so I was like, okay, maybe I should give them a call. If this is my water breaking, like this could potentially happen in three hours. We do not want to deliver this baby by ourselves. <laughs> so we decided to, I uh, gave them, no, I texted her because it was like three in the morning. She called me. Um, my contractions still weren't at the 511, which is where we want them to be. But she, my midwife happened to live like, let's say an hour away from 
the oh. midwife's office and I live about 20 minutes away from there. So she was like, I'm going to drive into the office just so I'm close to you. Keep me posted. So for whatever reason, maybe my water didn't break before. Maybe I told her and then my water broke. Guys, these things are fuzzy. Either way, I ended up having a reason to call her and say like, hey, I think things are escalating. And so her and Ivy Rose, so April is our midwife, Ivy Rose is our um, the midwife support. Um, she is training to be a midwife, but I just learned actually that she's actually been a doula for like 20 years. So no wonder she was as amazing as she was. So we ended up, um, I let them know, and they got here at probably like 2.30 in the morning. We, I wanted to be in the pitch black room. I did not want to be, um, I did not want to be around. <laughs> there is Weston. Say hi. We're talking about your birth. Yeah. This is your first podcast episode. That's exciting. Yeah. Okay. You know what, everyone? I'm going to pause here and come back. I'm going to feed him and I will return to keep telling the story. Okay. So Ben came home from doing groceries and I am returning now to the story. <laughs> so, uh, at the time when, when I was first having contractions that night, um, and we had called the midwives to come in, uh, when they got here, I had been go out and talk to them and I was in this space for like, I just wanted to be alone, just Ben and I in the bedroom in the pitch black. Like when we had called them, we were like, okay, like this is it. And we like, Ben put out some of my crystals that I had gotten specifically for labor and birth. And we lit one or two candles that I got specifically for it. And I just immediately was like, no, I don't want that light at all. I want it to be totally dark. So this was one thing that was so nice about being home was that exactly what I wanted is what I got. So when our, for example, when our midwives got here, Ben went out he talked to them, like brought them in, got them comfortable in the house. And then uh, I don't remember who April Ivy Rose came in and the whole rest of the night when they would come in, like from the first time to the last time, they didn't make me turn on any lights. They totally respected the fact that I wanted to be pitch black. I wanted to be super quiet. So they would like, they came in, they were coming in every 30 minutes to check my vitals and to um, check the baby. And so she would come in and like literally use her cell phone camera or her cell phone flashlight to like see so she could like squirt a little bit of um, like gel on the thing to listen to Weston's heartbeat. And she would like use it to check, to watch the numbers while she was checking my vitals. And it was just, I just was so grateful that they weren't like, no, we need the lights on to be able to do this. And every 30 minutes I had to turn the lights on or every 30 minutes there was a different person. Like it was the same person and it was in a super comfortable place. That's how it went from when they got here. Let's say it was like 2 or 2.30 when they got here until um, like 6 a.m. And at that point, like the contractions were starting to fizzle out a little bit. And Ivy Rose was like, if you can sleep right now, I'd recommend getting it because you're clearly like you are probably going to have the baby really soon. And this is your chance to get some sleep because once you do go into full on labor, you're not sleeping and you need all the energy you've got. So we ended up actually sleeping until like 8.30 in the morning. Our midwives um, woke up with us and um, we decided to have them just head back to the office. They were like, we could stay if you wanted us to, but the contractions had fizzled out. I was still having them sort of like lightly and, and sporadically. So I was like, we'll just keep an eye on it and we'll just keep you posted. 
So the contractions, oh, and then they also had me do, uh, drink another midwife's brew because they were like, if we want to just keep this going and we don't want, I didn't want it to burn out, which I had read could happen. And so they're like, to keep it going, keep the momentum going. If you have all the stuff, do another midwife's brew that should keep things moving and really kickstart you into active labor. So I had another one and was just hanging out, trying to just like watch chill movies. I remember a friend of mine had said she just like watched funny movies and just everything I'd read too is you want to like stay happy. You want to stay calm. You want to keep your stress levels down. So I started watching like a movie or a show, but the contractions were getting really rough. They were really long, but they were also decently far apart. So it wasn't like a cause for the midwives to come. And I really wanted to take a hot bath because they were hurting so bad. Um, the intent, the intensity was just like so high. But my midwives were a little concerned that that could potentially slow down the progress of labor at that point because I hadn't kicked full into labor. What I was basically waiting for was the 511, which is, um, oh shoot, what is it? It's Every five minutes, I have a contraction that lasts at least one minute, and that's happening for a full hour. So that's when, like, they consider me to be in active labor and when they want to make sure they're here because the baby could really start coming at any point. So, like, all early after late morning, early afternoon, I was just like every, I'd say, seven or eight minutes, like, just doubled over with contractions in the living room. Ben was trying to help me as much as he could, but there was like not really a whole lot he could do. He was like doing some of the moves that our doula taught us, like pressing on my hips, giving extra pressure. Um, I would lean on him and just sway my hips back and forth. And finally at like 2 p.m., we decided to go outside and take a walk. This was Ben's idea. And he was like, let's go walk barefoot. Let's get some grounding in. It was a really, it was a nice enough day in October that we were just outside in like a t-shirt and no shoes. And this was another amazing thing about being home is like, we were just like, we didn't, we weren't on anyone's schedule. We were in our own space. We just were able to have this like really incredible experience of early labor together, just the two of us. And it was in the moment. I don't think it seemed all that beautiful because the contractions were really, um, really, really uncomfortable, but looking back on it, I can see that I'm just so grateful we had that space in that time and to be in our own space that's familiar and comfortable. So we went out and take a walk and literally almost immediately in getting outside barefoot, my contractions got really close together and got even stronger. And so we would walk for like maybe a minute and I'd have to stop and I put my arms over Ben's shoulders and just lean over and put all my weight on him and just like sway and breathe. And he would breathe with me and he would remind me to keep breathing. And because we want that like particular pattern to be happening for like an hour, I'm like, let's stay outside. Let's make sure as rough as this is, I want to make sure that we keep this going and we keep this momentum. So we did. So we kept walking, we were stopping every minute to breathe and sway and move through that contraction. And then we would just like talk while we waited for the next one and walked all around our property. We live on 12 acres, which is also wonderful. It was still green and beautiful trees. And, um, and as we were coming back in, I was like, I think I was tracking the whole time we were out walking. And I was like, I think this is, I think this is it. Like I'm going to send a screenshot of this to April. So I'd send a screenshot. I used the Freya app. I think it's F-R-E-Y-A to track my contractions. I highly recommend it. I really loved the app. I loved the way they laid out the contractions. So it was really easy to 
um, like see my time in between them and get a sense of where I was at. So anyway, I sent a screenshot to April and I was like, I think this is happening. I think I'm in active labor. And this was at probably like, I don't know, maybe like 3 p.m., maybe two, maybe three. Again, like my times are not super accurate here. <laughs> I don't even know how long I pushed for. I only have a sense of it because Ben told me. Um, so I came in and she was like, yep, absolutely. We're going to come back over to you. Uh, she's like, at this point, you can take a hot bath if you want, because you're, from what I can tell, you're in it. We don't have to worry about your contractions slowing down. So drew a hot bath and it was like the best feeling in the world. I'm very lucky. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen pictures of my bathtub. We have a gigantic bathtub in the bathroom attached to our bedroom. So it has two big windows in the bedroom, in the bathroom. And one of the windows is right in front of the tub. So like you look out the window. So I was able, um, actually, if you see this post on Instagram, I'm in the tub in that post. That's the only picture we have of the entire labor. A little sadly for me because I wanted to be able to document more, but that is not what you're thinking about when you're in labor. (laughs) So got into the tub. The hot water felt really, really good. Ben came in and just sat on, actually brought our squatty potty over to the side of the tub and just sat and was, we were listening to music for a little bit. I had made a playlist uh, for the, for birth and labor. And so we were listening to that playlist and then the contractions were just really, really, really challenging to sit through and breathe through. So uh, to take more of my attention away, we decided, Ben started reading out loud to me, whatever the book was that I was reading at the time. And then I was in there for probably, I don't know, I would guess probably like 30 minutes. Uh, The midwife was here. She was checking. Everything sounded good. She probably checked two or three times while I was in the water to make sure that his heartbeat sounded good. And I decided I wanted to get out because it was getting really uncomfortable and I was like no longer enjoying it. And when I got out of the tub is I think when like it happened, I, I, I essentially like couldn't get out of the tub. I was slowly, slowly standing up. I kept having contractions like back at back to back. And so it was really hard to even move. I kept having to like bend over. And then for a while I had one foot in the tub and one foot out of the tub because I couldn't even like lift my foot to get out of the tub. And then once I did get out, I I like nothing felt good standing, leaning. I was trying to get down on all fours, but moving was really difficult. I was kind of like paralyzed in a sense for, I don't know, honestly, probably at least 10 minutes attempting to like just get out of the tub and move to the bed. So I finally um, got out of the tub, made my way to the bed and got on all fours on the bed. That's what I had been doing actually the night before and it felt really good. And so I was trying to like find some comfort there, trying to remember my hypnobirthing. I think at one point I was listening to a hypnobirthing track. I planned to do hypnobirthing this entire, my entire pregnancy. I'd like listened to the tracks. I practiced. I had a call with a hypnobirthing coach I hate to break it to you, but it went out the window. <laughs> uh, I do I do think for my next birth, if we have another baby, we'll definitely do it at home again, assuming I have a good, healthy pregnancy again. I will definitely have a doula because I think it, my doula would have been helpful in this, in sort of helping me remember to like fall back on my hypnobirthing, to fall back on my breathing. Like when you're in that moment, it's just so easy to succumb to this absolute most intense experience in your body like you've never felt before. Anyway, I was on the bed on all fours and like really, really, really like having a hard time breathing through the contractions um, to the point that I felt like I couldn't breathe. I had to, I kept asking my midwife 
and Ben to tell me that I was safe. Like I honestly thought like I might die that I couldn't, I couldn't get like air in. Um, and it was just cause things were getting so intense. And so she ended up doing a check. We hadn't done a check at all this whole time in terms of how far I was dilated. To be honest, I hadn't even thought about it. And she was like, you know what? I think you are probably 10 centimeters dilated and you could push. And I think if I tell you you're 10 centimeters, you will feel like permission to push. And then maybe that's what needs to happen right now. So she checked. I was in fact 10 centimeters. And she was like, if you want to start pushing, you can. And so I did. And again, I think if I had a dual here, I wouldn't have started pushing as early because it wasn't like my body. When I did start pushing, you're pushing like, your body just does it. Like a contraction comes on and your body just starts pushing and you move with it. And like your whole body is just like not your body. It's it's so crazy. I can't even describe to you how wild it is looking back on it. Um, I probably would have waited a little longer because everything I've read too is like you don't need to push necessarily. Like your body naturally has a reflex that will push the baby out when the baby in the body is fully ready. Nonetheless, I did push for two hours, which was crazy. And I felt like I was basically, I was like, I wasn't delirious, but it felt like I was delirious. Like someone would just like put a glass of water with that had a straw on it in front of me and I would sip it. And like someone would like wipe my hair out of my face. And I was just like, it was almost like I was drunk. Like I just like didn't have a sense of what was happening around me. Um, I was just like so deeply in it. And so many stories I've read and heard about, birth like everyone says the same thing like you're in like this crazy birth zone where like you just have no sense about what's happening you're just fully in your body like in a way you never have been before so I actually ended up pushing in I think like six different positions which was another thing that was so nice about being at home was that I could just be anywhere we really only only stayed in the bedroom went between the bedroom and the bathroom that's attached to our bedroom but I pushed on the bed in that initial all fours position. Then I took my feet off the bed and I was pushing with my feet on the ground and my hands on the bed facing forward toward Ben. So mind you, this whole time, Ben is like there, right, 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 right there. So like when I was pushing on all fours, he was right next to me, like right next to my face. And then when I was leaning on the bed, he was right there. Then they put a birth stool under me next to the bed. So I was facing the bed on the birth birth stool and like holding Ben's arms, like, um, like, you know, when you're holding like past your elbows on each other's arms, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't even know what that's called, but he was like holding me like that. And I would bear, you know, push down with everything that I have. And he was like right in front of my face, right there with me. And I remember at one time, one point, one of the midwives, April Ivy Rose asked him, about where something was because they were like preparing and like making sure everything was ready for when the baby was coming out. And uh, he was like, oh, let me get that. And I was like, no, 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 please don't leave, please don't leave, please don't leave. Like I needed him there. He was like the most incredible, amazing support of my life. (laughs) And so I pushed there and then I pushed on, I think I went then to the toilet and I pushed on the toilet for a little bit. And like, this is when I feel like Ivy Rose and her support really kicked in and like, Having this person, you guys, like when you're interviewing for midwives, like asking like what is the coaching support like or asking for references or I'm sure their website will have testimonials. Like I don't think I could have done it without her coaching me through it. Like when I was on the toilet, she was literally sitting on the squatty potty in front of me, hands on my knees, like 
coaching me through, reminding me to breathe, telling me to trust my body, like exactly what I needed, which is likely also what doula will do for you. So that's another value of the doula is they're there to like coach you through the discomfort and the experience. Then from the toilet, I went back over to the bed and they had turned the birth stool around. So I was sitting on it facing out the window and that ended up being where I had him. It was, I was on there for a while and it got to the point where like, I had this feeling in my mind of like, this is it. Like I, I have, there's not like, this is it. Like this is happening. That's not even what I was thinking. I was just like, I have no choice. I have to push him out of me. Like I, I, he's, this is the only way this is ending. (laughs) And, um, I keep forgetting. I always forget what Ben said, but he said like the only way, the only way through is out or like basically like he just kept saying that over and over like you you've just got to do this you've just got to do this like you can do this and um his head was like coming and then pulling back and coming and then pulling back and finally his head was starting to come out and they asked if I wanted to touch it and I was just like no 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 I was like so I was I'm not gonna lie to you in so much pain I couldn't imagine t- I was so afraid it would like hurt if I touched down there because <laughs> it was already hurting but his head was coming out and it was like so exciting and I think I just remember asking like is he out yet? Is he coming yet? Where is he? And like, they just kept telling me like where we were at, where we were at. And I just remember at one point thinking like, I have to make the decision to just deal with the pain. And I know in hypnobirthing, they say not to use the word pain. And I really tried not to, but like, I don't want to like sugarcoat it guys. Like it really was painful. (laughs) It was incredible and amazing. And I'm healed and looking back on it. Yes, I will do unmedicated again. But in the moment it was the most insane pain I've ever felt in my life. Um, and I just thought like the only option is to just push through that is to just feel it and let it be there and go. And so finally, like the last two pushes, I just like, I just gave, I like basically pushed like as for as long as I could because he would come out and then come back in when it was done. And I just wanted like one last one to just shoot him out basically. So I did and he came out and Ben was, I think Ben was crying. Like Ben has said, I should, should have had him on this episode so he could be talking about it too. But he said it was like the most intense experience he's ever had in his entire life. He was not expecting it to be as intense as it was. I think for him, just like seeing me birth our child and and everything that I went through to get there, I, I, I'm sure it was very intense um, and probably difficult as a partner. Uh, Maybe I'll have him on for an episode to talk about that. But anyway, Weston came out and we knew his name was going to be Weston James. And so he came out and I had this moment of like, I think probably every mom who's just birthed their baby, like doesn't, you're still not like fully with it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is my baby. And like, we're just sitting literally on the side of our bed on this birth stool. They were like rubbing him to get him to cry. I'm just like rubbing his skin. And I just remember looking at one point, like after a few seconds, I was like, oh my gosh, this is Weston. Like this is that little guy we've been talking to this whole time, it was this like funny realization of like, this is him. So he came out, it was so beautiful. And actually the first thing I thought of was if it felt relieving to have him out. And I remember a friend of mine had said, once she birthed to pl- when she birthed the placenta, that's when she was like full relief. And so they, I knew I had to birth the placenta and luckily actually did within like five or 10 minutes. They immediately started sort of like pushing around in that area, like my, I don't know, my uterus, my lower stomach area. Um, And 
the placenta came out, yeah, like five or 10 minutes later. And we just like sat there unmoving, just holding Weston, like looking at his hair. Like, I don't even know, honestly, like I don't even have like a clear picture of the moment. I just know it was immense, (laughs) the most immense and incredible thing either of us have ever experienced. So once the placenta came out, I got into bed, which was so nice. Laid in bed. They just like checked on things. I did have to get stitches, but we were able to do them right from bed. We did his like checkup right in bed to see what he weighed and how long he was in his head. And they like checked his little body. So just like feeling all over his body to make sure everything felt okay. Um, I took a very, very brief shower. They didn't want me to be standing up for too long but I was covered in blood um, just from holding him and then obviously from the actual birth. So I took a hot shower, which again was like so nice to be in my own shower, my own home. They were there for like, they probably left at like 9.30 or 10 maybe. And we had them at 6.50. So they were there for a few hours, like checking on us, um, helping us clean up, uh, helping us just like, just checking on things within like, like almost immediately after he came out and we got into bed, he latched on, which was awesome. So Ivy Rose was showing me how to get him to latch and sort of like doing some initial like breastfeeding teaching. And it was just beautiful. It was incredible. So that was really it. There was no issues with the labor or birth. Everything went really well. No excessive bleeding. Um, and that was that. That was our that was our beautiful, perfect, unmedicated home birth. And it was so much harder than I ever anticipated it would be. But, you know, it's like, sometimes that's how things go. And it was beautiful. As hard as it was, it was beautiful. And I would never, ever have it any other way. I was so happy to do it unmedicated. I feel like it's one of our greatest privileges as women, if we choose to have children, to be able to birth a child. And also if you're willing to do it unmedicated, because I don't think there's anything in life like that, especially once it's done, you know, the amount of work that went through it and yeah, it was really extremely painful. And yeah, it was in a lot of pain for a while after, but to know that I did that, to like know that my body was able to do that, that Weston was able to do that. And like, you know, co-create his own life with me and be a partner with my body was just like the most amazing experience. So that's the story of how Weston James Thiefels came into the world. He was seven pounds, eight ounces, a little over 20 inches long and absolutely positively perfect. Lots of hair, his mohawk that is still there today. He came out with it. Super long eyelashes. It's like one of the first things a lot of people notice about him which is great because I do not have long eyelashes um, and just happy and calm. And he slept great that first night. He was very tired after all the work we went through. And yeah, it was incredible. So I hope if you're ha- thinking about having a home birth, that some of that might've inspired you, or if you are debating it, that that made you maybe want to do it. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram. I'm happy to answer any questions that I can, like about my own experience. Um, I'm at Jessica Thiefels. And otherwise, this was a very special episode. Thank you so much for being here with me. And I'll definitely catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.